so welcome to episode number 56 of the space in between and we are going to uh, have in a moment Adrian come on she is in the middle of our 200 hour teacher training and she shares uh, an experience uh, with us in just a little bit um, but yeah we have a couple of wonderful things happening in Nomadland today so uh, we're in the middle of our 40 days of gratitude. So this is just simply the practice of gratitude for 40 days to change our thought patterns during this hectic holiday season. So we're doing that over at Facebook. You can go to our public group, Grateful Nomads, or share on Instagram, hashtag Grateful Nomad. And uh, yeah, that's happening, just helping each other, supporting each other. I think I spoke last week or the week before about this, this you know, practice of gratitude and, and using community to help keep the engine going. Uh, and then what else is happening in Nomadland? Couple things happening in the new year that you can start to be a part of now. So um, if you're in the Hudson Valley and you are interested in becoming a teacher, especially teaching to active duty or the military community in general, we are leading our another 200 hour teacher training at West Point. So this will be our 200 hour teacher training at West Point. And you can, if you're a military spouse, you might be able to qualify for a scholarship we have over at MyCAA. And if you're an active military uh, member, we are giving partial scholarships away for you. So you can go over to the Nomad website and find out more about that. And what else is happening in January is we are launching our, relaunching, I should say, our online studio. So Jen... Uh, spoke about that last week and she is spearheading this bringing back our online studio so we'll have a full library of practices and talks and uh, talks on philosophy and nutrition and meditation so you can sign up for that now over at our nomad state we will be launching january 6th so you can also wait until then but you can also sign up now and that's fabulous and get a head start or maybe it's a great gift for somebody uh, that you love that needs a little self-care practice in their life so it's a great holiday gift for them too and with that January 6th also I will be relaunching Movement 109's Who Are You Becoming? It's a six-week self-inquiry course Adrienne's going to talk a little bit more about that because she did the last course and, and speaks to her experience about that and, um, and something else we're going to dive into in this six-week course. So you can sign up for any of that, all of it, uh, over at the Nomad site. And now let's go ahead and share some time with Adrienne. All right, so I am here with Adrienne today. Welcome. Thank you. And we're in the middle of uh, a teacher training day. So you're doing our 200 hour teacher yoga teacher training mm -hmm. in Nomadland. And um, yeah, let's just first talk about a little bit who you are and how you are here. Mm -hmm. And then the purpose of our talk today. Yeah, well, um, I've been doing yoga for a long time. I started when I was a teenager my dad and I did yoga together which was a nice bonding experience for us and it's been a part of my life on and off um, since then and 
I've also done a number of, my mother took me to a number of um, meditation type retreats and workshops. I was, we visited a, a guru um, in New York City and um, so I've had the experience of meditation also as part of my life, not just the asana, but the meditation and um, and I'm also a musician and that's been a life journey for me. Um, music, uh, more singing than anything, but I also play guitar and mandolin and I teach kids uh, music and so I came here because I wanted to deepen my practice and also see how I could integrate those two things in my life together and just explore and see what that brings. Nice. Yeah. So did your, you said that you were um, introduced to yoga with your father. So did your father practice and he brought you or did you find out about this yoga thing and you brought him or do you He remember? was doing um, yoga videos with Alan Finger. Oh yeah, he was my teacher. He was? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, did we my, loved. my teacher training with um, B-Yoga, which, was, which mm-hmm. is now Ishta. Yeah. So he was my teacher. So it wasn't like we were going to classes or anything. We were just doing yep. yoga videos together. Yeah. So he was practicing, I, I guess, um, because of that. And yeah, he just invited me. To, I just did it. I mean, it wasn't even a thought. It was just like, yeah, let's do this yeah. together. <laughs> nice. And so, yeah, it became kind of a second nature thing for me to have in my life and just do. Okay. Yeah. So he was doing the videos and yeah. you tagged along. Yeah. And the same goes for your mom with meditation. She was... My mom was more, yeah, she wasn't so much into the asana as she was um, doing retreats and things that were life transforming. Mm-hmm. She did the EST training with Werner Earhart. I don't know if you know about that. No, I don't. It's like a six-day training. It used to be where she would do, um, they would do these adventure activities to get over fear to overcome fear and um, there was also a work a lengthy workshop component to it where people were in a room and they would kind of learn about yourself through seeing through the through others through the eyes of others or um yeah it's it's pretty involved what is it called again it used to be called est and now it's called the landmark forum okay so I, I also did that as a child with her. Okay. And then I did it also as an adult, just okay. to kind of get an adult perspective. Another perspective. Yeah. So when you say child, like how old were you? I think I did it even twice. I think I was eight the first time I did it. Oh, okay. You're with really other young. kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I think I did it again as a teenager, maybe when I was 13. Okay. Something like that. I have to double check with her, but yeah. something like that. Interesting experience. Very interesting, yeah. Okay. Are your parents together? No. Okay, so you did these independently? Independently, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, so then, so you found your way through both the asana and meditation via Mm -hmm. your parents. That's cool. And then, I mean, you, and you practiced it most of your adult life on your own then? Yes. I found that I was practicing more heavily in my 20s when I wasn't so worried about finance and okay. <laughs> and security. Interesting. So um, I was in Philadelphia and I was um, really um, 
trying to build my career as a as a musician, a songwriter, and a in performer Philadelphia. in Philadelphia. Oh, I used to live there. And oh, you did. Yeah. Yeah, you went to University of the Arts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read that. I did. Yeah. And um, so I uh, I found a really close knit group of friends there, mm-hmm. other artists, and um, and I found that practicing yoga really sort of strengthened my songwriting in a way like it really put me in a good headspace for it mm-hmm. um because I think you in, in some ways you kind of need that same headspace that you get into in meditation and, and doing yoga as you do as a songwriter and you have to see the world in a different way and see the bigger truths and yeah. kind of figure out how to that into words and <laughs> and, 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 and to and music. music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's so cool. that's been my journey. So. How did you end up here in New York in the Hudson Valley from Philadelphia? Uh, so I moved back to New York City. I grew up in New York City. Oh, okay. Um, I moved back to New York City. I was in a relationship and he got a job working on a late night television show. And so we... Um, moved to the city for that and then we both wanted to escape the city and just get out because (laughs) (laughs) it can be yeah taxing and tiring um so a couple of his friends were talking about moving up here and we were just thinking that would be fun to move with friends and and we ended up in Woodstock okay and that relationship ended and I moved to Hudson, and then I eventually found my way to Beacon, and that's where I am now. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's interesting that you grew up in New York City, and you actually felt like you needed to get out. Because I, I know so many people who grew up in New York City, and they don't know anything else other than that, and so they stay there forever. Mm. <laughs> well, I had the, I had the fortunate um, experience of... I spent summers with my grandparents, both okay. sets of grandparents. So one set lived in in Vermont, and I would spend a month with them, and then another the okay. next month, the summer month, in Maine with my other set of grandparents. Okay. So I had this other these other worlds that I knew yeah. existed outside of the city that I always loved and craved. Okay. Yeah. That so makes sense. yeah. So that was my draw to being more close to nature and yeah not so much in concrete (laughs) yeah the concrete concrete yeah Yeah. got it yeah Ah, interesting and how did you end up in Philadelphia then that was just like I wanted to be in a city after college but I just wanted to explore a place that was different than New York City and Mm -hmm. I'd heard that there was a strong music scene there and I had had one friend who was there and just the arts and also it not being so expensive. Yeah. So that was a plus. <laughs> yeah, I often and thought that I'd end up there again. Yeah, and I found an internship, a paid internship there. Okay. So I, I moved for that, and yeah, and I just fell in love with the area. Yeah. And yeah. It's a good, t- it's a good city. Yeah, it is. Philadelphia. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, and what, so you found your way in Beacon to, I think I met you at Beacon Yoga the first time, right? I remember you in Beacon Yoga, but mm-hmm. I didn't meet you prior to that. Yeah, I don't think so. So we, you were in my class and then you found out about the teacher training. And yeah. 
Tell yeah, me. and I had taken several classes of vegan yoga, and I think it was Joelle that I asked about uh, yeah. about yoga teacher training, and she mentioned yours. So nice, Nomad. <laughs> and, and here you Nomad came. To yes. me. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and now you are. You're about to graduate next weekend yeah. from your 200 hour. Yeah, and so the reason why you're here speaking with us today was because you also, within this 200-hour training, you participated in our Movement 109 facilitator training. Mm-hmm. And we were working with these these oracle cards, the archetype cards uh, that I've spoken of. I think I spoke of them already on the podcast, but um, you had an experience that you want to share with us. Yes, I did. Um, where do I start? <laughs> yeah, wherever you want to start. Um, yeah, so first and foremost, I, I had done your six-week online course, yes. which I felt was a good prep for that weekend in a way because yeah. it allowed, I wasn't so stuck in the movements and what I was supposed to be doing or because I, had, I, was, I was more familiar with the movement and it, it allowed me to kind of go a little deeper, deeper with it. And then the couple with the breath work, which was very powerful, Erica. Yeah, Erica Forcell. Forcell. Yeah, she's yeah. been on here a couple times. Um, just took it even further. Um, yeah, and then I drew this card, and I was at my first impression. The the the, the card was the warrior. Mm-hmm. And my first impression was. Oh, the warrior! It's like warrior one, warrior two. It's like this is this is <laughs> what a very doing in teacher training. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, points. like it seems kind of like an obvious choice in a way. Um, That's funny. But I started looking at the picture and trying to figure out what all the symbols mean. So, so there's a skull of a I'm not sure what animal, but like a yeah. bull or something yeah. like that. And there's a serpent wrapped around its skull, and there's a gem at the third eye, and then there's um, a rainbow of color above its head, which to me, is with Movement 109, we're working through the chakras, so mm-hmm. I was thinking, okay, obviously this is, this is the chakra, and we're at the third eye. Mm-hmm. And the serpent is probably the Kundalini serpent that comes yeah. up, and. Um, and which was what was interesting was we also had to draw a number mm-hmm. um, to teach. Yes, the order. The order. Yeah. And I got the root chakra. Yes. And I was like, how is this related at all to this one? Because this one is the third eye. Um, and you, I think it was you who mentioned how it's really important to, when you're having some sort of awakening in the third eye, to be grounded. Yeah. And so that really resonated with me to having that balance. Yeah. Um probably really prepared me for this sort of awakening that I had or this um I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. <laughs> it was just um yeah, a realization or you had like that an aha moment. <laughs> when was that aha moment? What was that aha moment? When was it? It was during the, so we did the floor work in Movement 109, and then we got up and did the free movement dance. During, okay, during the During the, the free movement, okay. during the weekend. And 
we um, this was after we drew the card, so I already knew about the warrior. warrior. Okay. And it was when I think it was towards the end of the movement, and you had sort of guided everybody back to their home, or to or or had suggested that they go back home okay. to their mat or to their comfort zone or whatever it was that yeah. you had said, um, or to settle down. And I just felt called to walk around the oh, room. I remember so everybody that. was on their mat, and I just had this like, like I'm gonna walk around the room. And it felt very, it was like vulnerable and I felt exposed, but also like strong and like I cared about everybody. Mm-hmm. And I was, I stopped, I almost stopped at everybody's mat yeah, just I to kind of like, you. you know, just see how that felt. And um, and I came when I came back to my mat, I sat down and just sort of took that in. And I mm-hmm. felt this like overwhelming sense of the suffering in this world mm-hmm. because some some people were, were there was a couple people who were sort of had been crying and yeah. they were settling down from that yeah and it just yeah I just had this vision of all the suffering that people in this world endure and um, but then it was followed by this like vision of what the opposite of that could be and the possibility of like you know, not having that suffering, mm-hmm. which is sort of what this practice is about, is how to, how do we move through suffering and find peace and, yeah. and tranquility, and what would the world look like if everybody did that for themselves? Oh, it'd be a beautiful place. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that was just my experience, um, and then it was like, okay, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm here. I'm the warrior. Like this is my mission. Yeah. So what what do you envision in terms of your mission? Like what does that look like? Execute being the warrior. Yeah, and so I'm still figuring that. Okay. <laughs> but I think in in some ways I was I, I had looked up some. I've been reading a lot of Chogyam Trungpa yeah. uh, lately. And he has some really beautiful definitions of the warrior or just oh, ideas about okay. the warrior. Um, and and then also the definition in the book, they all kind of came together for me. Um, we, we often think of the warrior as this armored, strong, you know, powerful, willful person who is about to go into battle, right? Yeah. And is you know, strong and valiant and <laughs> triumphant, yeah. but we don't think of the what's underneath yeah. that armor and also the vulnerability of going into battle and maybe losing your life. Yeah. And and the warrior being confronted with death, like that that imminent death that could be, you know, because you're entering this this <laughs> valiant battle. Yeah. Um, so, so Chogyam Chungpa says, Warriorship is so tender, without skin, without tissue, naked and raw. It is soft and gentle. You have renounced putting on a new suit of armor. You have renounced growing a thick, hard skin. 
you are willing to expose naked flesh, bone, and marrow to the world. Ooh. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? So to me, I was just thinking about um, I think in our culture we tend to hide our emotions and sort of the deeper, darker sides of ourselves because to expose that is very vulnerable and and scary for some people. Yeah. And for a lot of people. For a lot yeah. of people. And I think there's also some something that I noticed is that um, people who are going through very intense experiences, they either tend to shell mm-hmm. or they tend to like cling to somebody. Okay. And I've had the experience of being the person that people cling to Okay. when they're going through that. Okay. And I think it's because I've I've always def- I've always had some sort of compassion for them and I've always wanted to listen and and be of service or helper if I could, you know. Yeah. Um and I don't think a lot of people are willing to do that in their culture or, or they it's don't have the space for it. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like it feels taxing or whatever. Yeah. To you know, it feels like a, an energy suck to have to sit with somebody who's suffering. Yeah. But I have, so I have a few friends who I've, um, our friendship sort of began that way in a way. Okay. And so you held the space for their suffering. I held suffering. the spell space that for was their suffering. Was. Okay. And, and I was able to, um, you know, be with them through, through, while they were working through it. Mm-hmm. And then seeing them emerge, like, um, I have one friend who's blind okay. in, in Philly. And he's, when I first met him, he would have crying spells just mm. so often because he's so lonely and people avoid him. And mm. and um, lately he's been like, he fell in love with Montreal and he's just been going on trips to Montreal because he has this incredible sense of direction. And we don't think yeah. of blind people as like, being able to navigate the world the way yeah. sighted people do, but um, he has an incredible sense of direction, and he's really smart, and he's really well-read, and um, and he just, and he's a journalist also. He likes okay. to interview people and find out about people and stuff. And, and um, yeah, so he's been going to Montreal, and he used to volunteer in the, in the Peace Corps, okay. and like he's an incredible person, so he should be you know, I would I would only hope for the best for him to to find that and not have to suffer anymore. Okay. To to be able to do those things that he loves to do and not have to suffer. And lately, he seems to be doing pretty well. Okay. And you know, I'm sure there's other people in his life that have contributed to that, but I just definitely think that that's an important part of my mission is to. Hold that space okay. for people. Nice. Yeah. And you had spoken, I don't know if this is going off of what, it sounds like it's evolved even more so from that weekend, but yeah. And during that weekend, you were speaking of your, I thought it was your great-grandmother? Grandmother. Grandmother.
grandmother. Yeah, maybe my great grandmother. Oh, because I brought. But it was something of hers, a yeah. postcard. Yeah, hers. and yeah. but there's some, you somehow brought it back to her in this. No. Um, there was, okay, it might have been twofold. So my grandmother, yeah. who is my great-great-grandmother's granddaughter. So, okay. Um, there, she had passed away, I think, 10 years, 10 years ago. Okay. And, um... Following that, it was a very hard time for me because it was the first time I had really experienced losing someone so close to me. Yeah. And she was like a second mother. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, so after that period, I, I was just going through mourning. And then I, it, following that, I, I had done some things that I'm not proud of, like I, I just felt like I had lost myself okay. in a way, and or I had lost my center, yeah. you know, and um, yeah, I was just doing things that weren't aligned with who I was, and and um, so I'm not sure, I'm not quite sure, but there was how that ties into the warrior, but. Um, but my great-great-grandmother, who was her grandmother, yeah. was a, a, an actress in yeah. her day. That's what I remember you talking and, about. Yeah, and during a time when you know there was oppression of women, she she took her corset off. Like She yeah. didn't want to wear a corset. <laughs> and she had her own theater, and she had her own business, like her own business, and she divorced her husband because her husband, who was the owner of the theater, where she did all of her plays, yeah, had a contract with her, and she couldn't do plays elsewhere, <laughs> and she had to sue him basically to yeah. get her rights to do her work elsewhere. Okay, and she did, and she won, and then she nice. opened her own theater and and continued her her life that way. Um, she was definitely, in my eyes, like a warrior. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, so. Yeah, I, br I had brought, you had asked us to bring a personal item, yes. and so I brought a postcard of hers, because she's definitely somebody who's been um, an inspiration for me in my life. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so my grandmother, who was her descendant as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I Two remember very, talking about that. very special <laughs> people. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, because yeah, I remember you talking about that, and Eric and I were talking, were commenting about how it sounded like uh, the character from City of City of Girls by Elizabeth oh yes, Gilbert, her new book. yeah, but yeah. she just sounded like this very wild, like free spirited woman. And yeah, definitely full, free and full spirited woman. And we were coming to that. You had pulled the card earlier that day, and we're just making that connection of how. She was this warrior, and now you are embodying that that archetype of being warrior. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I think I forgot to mention in in the workshop was she. Um, so she was an actress, and in that day and age, acting on the stage was was characterized by these big, sort of dramatic, expressive movements. Okay. And she she was alive um, when they had first started um, filming. Okay. So silent movies, mm -hmm. and she was experimenting. She was had studied with um, um, someone who had 
think it was, I can't remember his name. Anyway, she had studied um, a more natural style mm -hmm. of, you know, using personal experience to, um, to bring to acting so it was more realistic mm -hmm. and not so dramatic. Okay. And so, yeah, she was sort of a pioneer in that way too. Okay. Yeah. She sounds like an amazing person. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to know her. She's the one you were talking of earlier today that passed, that you were talking about spreading the ashes or no? That was a different That was my idea. grandmother. So okay. we just sold my grandmother's house and So that her, was her mom? So her grandmother. Her grandmother. Actually, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. So. So you never got to meet her? No, I never got to meet her. Or her mother, her daughter. I never got to meet her daughter either. That's too bad. Yeah. So you got these stories all handed down. Yeah. Three generations. Yeah. About her. So yes. your grandmother shared about her. Yeah. And then you get to continue that. Mm -hmm. That line someday. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. We don't get to hear too much about generations that are, like I, in my family, my grandmother tells me stories about her mom and her mm. her sisters, but we don't hear too much about the generations beyond that. Yeah. Right? So it's very special that you got to definitely get to hear. I guess that's one, two, like five five generations back, four generations back. Yours, four. four yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. So what does it mean for you now? You said you're figuring it out, but what are you what are you envisioning for 2020 as the warrior for you? <laughs> well, um, I'm trying to remember where this was. I think oh here it is. It's um in the book, the Chogyong Changsa book. <laughs> mm -hmm. He says, "What is a warrior?" Yeah. Anyone who is interested in hearing the Dharma, anyone who is interested in finding out about oneself, and anyone who is interested in participating, pr uh, practicing meditation is basically a warrior. So I think in some ways it's just the <clears throat> taking this, this next step of, um, for myself, really to do this practice to deepen my practice and to look at myself and we were just we've been discussing the sutras and the yamas and the niyamas and the kleshas and just to really take a good hard look at myself <laughs> you know all of the the light and the dark yeah and um and then use you know just to, to peel away the layers and find that center again that that true self and 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 use that um, for good in our in our world, yeah. And whatever that, however that shows up, and just being aware of that okay. mission, I think, is yeah. To not to not feel that urge to sit on the couch or look at my telephone or <laughs> you know yeah. get sucked into the. Warriors have rest days too. Well, yes, rest days are important. <laughs> yeah. But but if I'm feeling called to doing doing something to not avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. And so now that you're almost done with this training and you have you said at the beginning of this and at the beginning of the training your intention of marrying the the music and this practice. 
Yeah. Are you getting a little bit clearer now of what that might look like or yeah, starting or what it has to, already to evolve into? Yeah. Um, I've been, uh, I went to a class. My cousin is a yoga teacher and she okay. does this uh, workshop. Uh, chanting and she plays the harmonium okay and it's just everybody in the room is chanting and it's just one chant for the whole time and we and they practice um, and we practiced sending sending the sound into the middle of the room and then also receiving so Ooh. it's it's this practice of giving and receiving yeah the sound and the sound is a healing sound or you know or just sound you know yeah and um, I think, you know, the other thing in our culture that we're really conditioned to is being um, shy or, you know, about expressing our, our voices or our, our bodies in a way like dance. Mm -hmm. You know, um, people are very rigid. Yeah. And, um, but when you once you find your voice or find your movement in your body there's so much there to uncover and it's also can be very healing and um yeah okay yeah, so we'll just have to here. stay tuned and see what it happens how yeah. it happens for you yeah yeah that's exciting yeah. i'm excited to watch watch you jen said her Another training, she said her word was exciting today, and I think I inherited oh, yeah. it. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. We'll have to stay tuned and see what happens yes. for you. Um, and is there anything else you want to share before we get back into our second part of the day for teacher training? I think we're good. I yeah. think I said a lot. Yeah. And we're going to do this work, you know, Movement 109 starting again January 6th. And you're, you're going to be a part of it again. Mm -hmm. So if those of you are listening, you get to meet Adrian. She'll be part of the Movement 109 group that's on January 6th. And we're going to work with these cards. Um, it's funny, I had ordered them not with the intention of doing it for Movement 109. I think I just saw them. I had been seeing them in different ways um, probably about a month and I bought them for myself and then I just felt called to bringing them into our practice and I think you all had a very pretty I mean obviously you're here talking about it but a lot of the people in the group they uh, had a, an interesting connection with their archetypes so we're going to dive deeper into that with uh, Movement 109 the online course we'll have a different archetype each week to help us get clearer each week in our intention so thanks for sharing thank you yeah this was really special and we look forward to seeing how it evolves for you yes thanks adrian All right, thank you Phoebe.
So I hope you enjoyed our time with Jen. I certainly did and always do when I get a chance to sit down with her. And yeah, we sort of been plugging as we were going in our last, in this episode. But um, yes, she is taking the online studio back and bringing it to life and with all these new teachers and diverse practices. And you'll definitely want to be a part of it. So uh, that's launching January 6th. But the reason why you should know this now is because we do have a Cyber Monday special that is going through December 5th. So you can take advantage of this, getting a full year membership at 20% off and also access to Movement 109, Who Are You Becoming, our six-week course that starts also on January 6th. So you get a lot for, for this little special deal that we have for yourself, or you can gift it to a friend or a loved one that, um, that might need a little bit of self-care and self-inquiry, right? Build their home practice. So it's a really great gift. We will send you once you register, I'll be sending you a gift card to present to them if it is for somebody else. You have something to wrap up for them. Uh, yeah, and what else is happening in Nomadland? I think we talked about it too. Our, our next 200-hour teacher training, we've been invited back to West Point and I'm always very excited to be there. We'll be leading the 200-hour that is again already aligned with the new Yoga Alliance standards as well as weaving in how to teach these tools specifically to active duty. So if you're interested in being a yoga teacher and or wanting to share these tools with the military community, this would be the training for you. And as you might have been hearing, if you listen to this a lot, this training sort of morphed into also this weekend training that our nonprofit tribe has um, has taken on. So. Uh, Tribe, we teach resilience, increased balance, and endurance. We are a non-profit organization uh, that is giving these tools of yoga to the active duty. And if you are participating in Give Back Tuesday, you can definitely register us. If you're shopping over at Amazon, you can register Tribe, uh, you know, as uh, I think it's called uh, Amazon Smile. Um, you can you can put us in so that when you make any purchases on Amazon, they take a little bit of those proceeds and donate to a Tribe. And if you want to donate directly to Tribe, you can definitely do that at tribeyogamilitary.org. And um, that would be great. We'd be very, very appreciative of that. And the other announcement that we have here is we're going to be at COSM, Chapel of Sacred Mirrors, again for our annual winter solstice event. This is a really special event. I love being at COSM. It's a really beautiful, special, sacred space. And then this is basically our graduation for our trainees. So this year we will be graduating our 200-hour trainees that they have only a couple more weeks left and then we've invited back some of our our uh, graduates from the 300 hours in the previous years so really excited to have them there and to have you there as well we'll have more details coming up where you can register and save your spot very soon but you can definitely maybe even by the time this comes out you can go over to our nomad website and find out so you can find out all about this, all of these different offerings and more at nomadalwaysathome.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I am so very grateful for you.